Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, Facebook world. Welcome to episode 36 of Making a Marketer. Uh, we'll kind of chat here a little bit because I know it takes people a minute to get live online on the Facebook. And thank you to those of you who are listening on the replay. My guest today is a special UK man known as Michael Kushkiri. Now, Fantastic. those of you, right? Those <laughs> of you listening, Michael, who the heck is that? But that's how you say his last name, folks. I, I made it a point to ask because I had a feeling that we were all mispronouncing it. And yes, indeed, we've all been mispronouncing it. How are you, Michael? I'm very good. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. You pronounced that excellently. And you wouldn't imagine what variations I can get on, oh, on that. I can imagine. Um, we've all been calling you Kushieri. For Correct. as long as we've known you, so <laughs> that's a, that's a good one in comparison. I mean, I've had cash and carry, <laughs> that's awesome. and, that, and that's just a pronunciation. And when you start thinking about the spelling of the word of the name, that's even worse. So yeah. <laughs> that that was very good. That was excellent. Fantastic. So, any Maltese well, people that are watching it or seeing this, they'll know exactly what I mean by that by the spelling. Awesome. And I think it's probably out of view, but there, he does have a, a Malta. Is that a football scarf? It there? is actually. Yes, it is. It's uh, when Malta played England and we went to watch the football game. Soccer. Football, soccer. Great. And, you know. No, I know. I was, I was just trying to throw you a bone. And I love the emoji. You have your little uh, sunglass man behind you. That's Did lovely. he come to San Diego? I think he came to San Diego. This yeah. Year. Is he on a stick? Yes, he's on yeah. the stick. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did come to San Diego. All right, so here we go. Let's kick off episode thirty-six of Making a Marketer. Um, topic today is how to build relationships to build your business. Now, this isn't the first time we've talked about relationships on the show, and it certainly won't be the last. For sure, we have had guests on like Jessica. Phillips and Brian Fanzo, who are experts on the topic. But I think our approach today will be just a little bit different here with Michael. So this show today is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic marketing development and execution for small to medium-sized businesses. Meetings and events is kind of my jam and hospitalities, but not exclusively. But that's part of the reason why on this podcast, you hear us talking a lot about events, and that's going to play into the show today. So I want to uh, read Michael's bio. It could be so much longer than this, but we'll, in brief, this is a short show. We will share that Michael is the managing director of MC Square Marketing, a marketing agency he established in 2004 to help businesses stand out from their competition through creative marketing ideas that deliver results. Talking my language. His other passion is getting results from building strong business relationships with people and has been fully active member of BNI for 15 years. We'll talk about that here on the show. Uh, nine of these also as a director consultant. He is also a member of the BNI director training team, delivering business development skills workshops across London and Malta. As an international speaker, he delivers conferences, business development workshops, and seminars across the UK, Dublin, Singapore, and Malta. His passion is helping business owners succeed through him sharing his knowledge, experience, and learnings from other experts. Awesome. All 
All right. So, but before we get started, I have one very important question for you. It's June 25th. What are you doing for holiday this summer? You going anywhere? So this summer, yeah, we're going back to Malta again for two weeks because we had a bit of a bigger holiday earlier on in the year. But this week is just a two-week break in Malta because earlier on in the year, we went to South America. And, oh, that's right. So that was amazing. On your way to San Diego, by I Correct. Correct. <laughs> that's right. MMW90. It was a pit stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a great so, experience. Awesome. And I know Michael from social media marketing world, basically a lot of common friends and obviously business interests and otherwise traveling being one for sure. So I want to kick it off by asking you, what do you think the biggest mistake is that people make in terms of trying to build their business? That's a very good question. I think one of the key mistakes that people do is they expect instant results, number one. They think they're going to be huge success o- overnight. And they don't realize that going into business is about getting to know people, people getting to know you. And people need to understand you. They need to understand what you're, what you're offering. But even more importantly, is getting to know you. And do they like you? Do they trust you? Or nowadays, I think it's more about do they love you as well, or more importantly. So I don't think people realize. And I would put myself in that situation, in that box as well. When I first started my business, I came back from a corporate background, 20 years in Marks and Spencers, where you actually got on with your job, you had your seniors, your management team. And I actually, at the time, and I always quote this, I used to hate all the, the networking within the business. That wasn't for me. But it wasn't until when you're doing it for your own business that you actually realize the importance of building relate more strong relationships with other people. And one of the key ways, I think, is networking effectively. Right. And effectively is the key word, I think, too. I have a lot of clients who are actually people that I worked for and then clients now whose employees don't approach conferences the way that they wish they would. They're, they're not getting the results out of it that they would like because their team's not executing in a proper way. And so to that, I always say, well, you have to have a plan. First of all, yeah. you can't just go in guns blazing and just expect people to, you know, drop business in your lap. You have to do prep and you have to, you know, figure out who's going to be there and who is it that I want to chat with and maybe even reach out to them in advance of the conference and say, hey, let's grab coffee or or whatnot. And it sounds so simple. But in the research that I did for my master's thesis, I, I had a lot of people say, oh, we're diligent about the prep. 90% of the people said, we go in prepared, but only 60% of them said they do a good job of follow-up. And we'll get into that a little bit, right? Because it's the before, the during, and the after. 100%. The after if, bit. If you don't follow up, you've wasted all the, all the effort. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you're doing it right. <laughs> so, all right. So, tell us a little bit about BNI. We have it in the U.S., but t- for those people watching or listening who aren't aware of what BNI is, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So BNI stands for Business Network International. It's started in America by I founder Ivan Meisner and started as a, it is the world's largest networking organization. And it's a great tool, a process, an area where you meet with professional like-minded businesses where you're actively looking to find referred business, referral opportunities for others. And the key difference with, with BNI is to, because there's lots of other networking organizations, I'm not saying not to go and attend other ones, but to me, BNI has been the most successful, is where you will only ever have one person 
from your business in that room. So for me, there wouldn't be another social media expert in the room or there wouldn't be another referral marketing strategist in the room if I took the two headings that, that I, I suppose focused on. And then you build up relationships with all the other members and more importantly, with members with the same target audience, i.e. what you would have is like a marketing power team. And so you've got other marketeers who are all looking to be introduced to someone in the marketing department or marketing director or a certain type of business sector as well. So it's, it's a great tool. You, you asked me, is, is it the same in the UK or in America? It's exactly the same. They okay. follow the same agenda wherever you are. So I did know that non-competing thing, which I think is really cool. So within your group, but I didn't know about the other. I didn't know that you also network with others. So is it end up being kind of like a mastermind? You, we, as, a, as a power team, you would meet once a month to focus on how you can help each other as well. And to oh. me, uh, that's the most important part of that. And you actually, studies, uh, research has shown that 67% of business would be generated for you from within your power team members. If, again, the same caveat as we said, if you're doing it properly and you're giving as much as well and you're active, or actually I hate using, I, I don't actually use the word active. I say you need to be proactive. And that's what makes a good networker if, is if you are actually more proactive than just waiting for things to Hang on. Don't ever get to tell me if my glasses are. Right. <laughs> Michael was here in March and his glasses were crooked then and he still hasn't had them fixed. So I had to give him a hard time. <laughs> That's awesome. And then just real quick, you, you pay a, a fee to be a member, right? Yeah, you pay a fee. And for the first, what I would say is anyone that is growing their business or wants to grow their business, go and experience a meeting. Don't go with a mindset of it's going to cost me X amount because you're actually just going to experience the meeting. And then you make your mind up as to whether you think that's right for you, whether that group is right for you, go and experience. Then you'll find out the cost of it and then you'll weigh it up. I had no expectations to do business when I first joined for the first 12 months because I thought, well, people don't know me. I don't know them and I'm going to give them business, find them business opportunities as well. So it takes time for it to start working properly for that penny to drop us. Okay, this is how it works. I understand that. And I then, you know, three, four years on, it was starting to account for up to 81% of my business. Wow. I was going to ask that too. That's incredible. That's amazing. But that takes time. That doesn't happen straight away. It's about knowing how to look out for opportunities, listening. We're talking about building relationships. Building relationships to me is all about listening to other people and asking the right questions when you meet somebody. Your point you meant about conferences, and so you're so right. So many people either don't have the plan in the first place, or number two, just go and they just meet the same people like we do when we go to San Diego. Yes, there's a group of you get to know people and you build that relationship year on year in. But every year, you'll notice we've also got other new people mm-hmm. that we have met that become part of our in a, our, our circle of friends as well. But you have to make a point of going to speak to other people. Because right. otherwise, it's just in that small, cool group. And that's the whole point of going to a networking event or conference. No, for sure. It's all an investment in time, right? Like we all just need to understand that things don't happen overnight. And I've said this many times on this show before when I worked in sales, like that's how I worked. I was a relationship person, just trying to meet as many people as I could and build authentic relationships that I hoped would, you know, would last, would turn into business. And sometimes it did and sometimes it didn't. But 
85% of the requests for proposals that I got while in sales came from people I met face-to-face and 90% of that business was from a, a like $2.5 million brick of business was from people I had met face-to-face at conferences for various reasons. Someone introduced me, I reached out before, and, you know, we just had coffee and, you know, they weren't ready at that point, but maybe two years later, I got a chance at it. And so, yeah, you have to be willing, well, and your employer has to be willing to allow for that long play, right? Because we know sales is tough, especially they want results, but there's value in tracking. People are using, again, using their CRM correctly, tracking how that relationship started and, and put that value on that show so that, you know, you know, hey, results come from this. Let's, let's think about going again. And think of it as a long-term game. Yeah. You're in for the long game a lot of the time. And it's not that quick sprint. Not necessarily, you don't want it to be a marathon, but you want it to be, it's going to take a long time. Right. For sure. And we've, so we've talked about basically whether it's the number one way to build your business, this face-to-face thing or not is, I guess, is up for debate. And it depends probably the industry that you're in. Now, we both also work in social media. So how do you consistently use social to fortify the relationships that you've built face-to-face with all those people that you're meeting at, at events and meetings? Uh, again, that's a good question. And something that I've changed over the last year or so as well. And that's Potentially, not potentially, thanks to Andrew and Pete, who we both know. And my focus has changed over the last six months where I am focusing a lot more now on LinkedIn. Because one of the key things, again, and I was going to add this in terms of networking, you cannot network or build relationships up with everybody. You have to be very selective. And so two points are, I, I suppose I would add there. Number one, in terms of social media, I've started to focus that a little bit more on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm more active than I have been. Not quite last week, but while I was away, it's deciding on which channel. And the points I had here is we're often asked, both you and I will be asked, well, what channel should I be going on, Megan? What channel should I go on, Michael? Where? And to me, there's one simple answer. It's where is your audience? Where's right. your target audience? But you have to step back one stage further and understand, well, who is your target audience in the first place? Uh, which I think a lot of people just don't do enough of. And then go and find that that's right for you and them. And then it's how you build a relationship online. Number one, you have to be visible. I use what I call, and this is something in VCP, uh, in BNI, and in Ascentive, which I'll talk about. It's about visibility, credibility, uh, and profitability. So you have to be visible in the first place. Then you need to be credible. What are you posting about? What are you sharing? What content are you talking about? Add those two up, and then you're starting to maybe build up your sales pipeline in one way or another. So I think that's what, that, and that's how you do it for yourself in terms of things that you're putting out there. You and I both know, and probably lots of other people that are watching this uh, will know that it's not about going to sell on social media. It's so much about building that relationship. And the way I look at it, and what we do for clients as well, is for, or what the team will do, let's take whether it's you've got a target audience or a business that you would like to engage with or build relationship with. You're going to go and follow them, look at their page, but then it's, all, it's a stroking, isn't it? Just simple things, right. just even just liking. I, I have like a three-week stages or that, that we continue to recycle. So first, just go in and like, because you don't want to all of a sudden be on them straight away because I think they realize what's going going on. So first, just liking somebody. And then maybe, so maybe next week, then you're going to be commenting on, on, on some of their posts. And, you know, we know now that everybody wants us to, it's, it's far stronger, far more effective if people are commenting. And that's what people want. And then all of a sudden, 
start sharing their things because a lot of businesses still think that that's the most important thing to, to do and doing it gradually. And then maybe mm-hmm. sharing content that could be relevant to them that you have read, um, share that, tag them into a post. So but doing that slowly, it's not doing it all in one week because I've seen other people try to do that. I don't know what your experience is in that. Yeah, well, it, you just made me think of, I had a client mention the other day, five and a half years we've been working together. And I haven't been working so closely with him until the last six or eight months, but he just kind of threw out there. I thought we decided we weren't going to be posting anything that didn't have to do with us. And my response was, well, that's, I mean, I edited several times. That's not good social media practice. Well, we'll start there. And when I post about other events in the city or other things going on, I'm not trying to drive them away from your business. I'm contributing to the community. I'm, I'm yeah. sharing things that are going on in the community. And, and I know that our community appreciates it because they've said so. You know, they'll comment, you know, thank you for, of course, they love to see all the great food and the drinks and whatever, but they do recognize that. I'm posting about a baseball game and I'm posting about the county fair and, you know, other things that are going on because I want to be showing them more value other than just like, we want you to come here and eat and drink, you know, kind of a thing. And to me that the way that you talked about the doing it too much at once, it's, it's so inauthentic. It's so, it makes it so obvious. It's kind of like, you know, on LinkedIn, as soon as you connect with someone, they're instantly trying to sell to you in a direct message. If you're listening to this, you better not be doing that. Please don't stop, do stop, that. stop, stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it right now. Cause that's not the answer. And you're going to actually have the opposite result. People are going to then not even want to be connected to you. So all, all very valid. And that LinkedIn comment that you said about the, the message when people are connecting with you, the etiquette, don't, number one, because we're talking about building relationships as well. Number one, don't just go and just press the connect button and do the auto bit. Yes. Personalize your connection. Yes. Personalize why you want to connect with that person in the first place. You can still have a template but personalize it, but add to this template where you're asking them something specific, maybe. And then again, it's a building of the relationship. But once you've, and they've connected with you, then message again about something else, or maybe then tag them in a post. All of a sudden, now you connect, tag them in something that's relevant. Right. And then eventually maybe building up and have a, a strategic plan as to what is your maybe funnel process for LinkedIn in terms of your messaging. You're starting getting all these connections in, and then how are you adding value? Are you giving them some free downloads to do with their industry? Because if you're being targeted, then that's what you could, could be giving them. Adding value in terms of maybe offering them at some point a free call, but at the right time. You haven't earned the authority, I think. Until right. the credib- you've got the credibility. You've written maybe some articles on, the, on a specific topic. So you need to be showing that to them first before you even go down even just the, the call absolutely okay so we're coming up we've got a uh, the last third of the show to go this is these are always so quick and so what would you say then to someone who tells you that face-to-face experiences aren't necessary i would say you're totally wrong <laughs> i think you need the balance of the two do not underestimate yes or no look we're both in the digital sphere we do rely a lot on video calls. You do rely on, on messaging. It's quicker, it's instant. But I think sometimes we're just hiding from doing so. And 
you cannot beat that face-to-face meeting, that conversation. I sent an email out today and to property agents that looking after a property in Malta. And I actually said, I'd rather I'm emailing you this response just so that you know I have an acknowledging receipt and I'm asking you some questions. But I would far rather meet in person to have a meeting because I want to make sure that the messages that I'm putting across are read in the same way. Right. Because we may write something or we might say something on the video call, but when I can see you the face and the reaction, then I know exactly you used the word authentic, authenticity earlier on. And that's when you really understand about what effects you are having or, or maybe what the other person's needs are, right. how, how they're feeling about something. I train people on, on how to present effectively. When you're meeting somebody, you can actually alter your tone of voice as well. And you can have silences. And it's just how you approach and use your hands. Some people say, oh, don't use your hands. But so it's how you use them. Right. So, you are a hand talker. I, I am totally. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally on this video, it's probably going all like that. <laughs> our, our listeners can't see them, but our viewers sure can, and yeah. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> so get across the, uh, your passion a little yeah. bit more when you're face to face. So yes, initially you may have to have that conversation. You may have to have that video call or, or messaging, and that's good because in the way you can use it as a filtering process. Because I go back to you can't network and build relationships up with everybody. Right. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, as part of the incentive program that, that we work, we work on creating who you're, and there's something for you to look into, and Megan, because it's in the States as well. I, I immersed myself a year or so ago in incentive in California. Find out more about that because it will really help you, help you uh, in terms of defining your market and growing your business. Right. And it's focusing on maybe after six referral partners because we think we need to have relationships with everybody. But go and find the people who you can have the really strong relationships with. Focus on those people. Go deep diving and finding out, immerse yourself in those people and those positive people around you. And then you're working together effectively and hard on the, before we help each other as well. Right. So well, face-to-face is my number one. And well, and, and there's a reason people like yourself and so many people come from all over the world to go to social media marketing world, right? Because you can get that education online. You could buy the virtual pass and there's no harm in doing that if you want to do that or you can't make it. But nothing can replace a hug and a handshake. Like it's, an, a, you know, a selfie and all that kind of good stuff. People who I had no, got to know through Twitter chats, I... It's amazing. You see them the first time. It's like, oh my gosh, George Demanis, Jim Fuse, Gene Petrov, like all people who I knew through social media, I just met this last world. And so that's awesome. And now when we're on the, when we're on them again, it's like, oh, you have that, that other layer of like, okay, now we've met face to face and, you know, we can help each other. And then, you know, yeah, that friendship that, that turns into other things. Yes. The friendship, because then if, for example, you wanted to grow your business in the UK and you were focused in a specific market sector and you wanted the clients in the UK, because the friendship that we've developed over the years, and you, if you said to me, Michael, I'd love to be introduced to somebody, say, at Saracen's Rugby Club or whatever, because I've I got this great thing that I think I can help them with, I'm going to go out of my way to go and find see if I can introduce you to that person. Because of the relationship that we've built, I've got the knowledge, I've got the trust, I'm confident to know what you can deliver because when it comes to relationships and referring or introducing people, you have to be 
it's your reputation, isn't it? You always have yeah. to, be, to be aware of. But now I can do that. Right. And some people, though, would think, oh, that's competition. Surely, why would you want to do that with Megan? Well, Megan's asked for that specific company that I wasn't looking to work with in the first place. Right. Well, and I love that we did the, this is a totally different angle. I mean, we did talk about conferences, the BNI and incentive, like this face-to-face thing doesn't have to be so grand. It doesn't have to be spending $2,000 to fly across the country. And the 35 other shows so far, we hadn't really touched on this level of networking for business. So this has been awesome. And we're almost out of time. But before we go two things. This is the last show of season two, which is, if you had told me to, I'm going to go, but we'll have season three start again in August. If you had told me two years ago that I would be in two years, 36 episodes into this podcast, I would have left because I just couldn't see it. And it's just amazing the support and the, I mean, pretty much 90 percent of the people that I've had on the show have been people that I met face to face through networking, through conferences, through other other people. So it's pretty awesome. So I want to ask you one final question. Actually, two things. What's the best way people can reach you? Best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn and let's see what mutual connections we have and see if I can help you and introduce you to any of my connections and build our relationship that way. Okay. And look in the show notes for the spelling of his name, because the way that I pronounced it phonetically is absolutely not what you would think (laughs) for the spelling. (laughs) Circling back (laughs) to to the start of the show. (laughs) And then uh, do you have a certain gadget, app, tech, something that you're hot on these days? Doesn't have to be new, but if it's new, it's cool because everybody loves hearing about new things. Anything? It's new to me. It's my little baby. I only got it a week ago. I'm only just about getting to grips with it. Funny enough, it's here. Finally got it. Oh, you got a gimbal. I got my gimbal. Uh, is it started the, playing with it this weekend. Is it the Zephine? What's, what's the brand? No, it's the Osmo. Oh, okay. Osmo Mobile. I went oh, okay. for a more expensive one. And I'm only just literally getting to grips with it. But I did. What I loved about it was, and I would really recommend it, even just from the limited use that I've had, I just accidentally bought two of the one I bought. So right. <laughs> I'm like, two, why would I buy two? <laughs> so for those listening who don't know, it's a stabilizer for your phone. So if you're recording video and you're walking around, you don't have to worry about wobbling. It stabilizes it and moves with you. So what were you going to say? Uh, the great thing is when you do the videos on there as well, at the end of the day, it pulls together all the highlight uh, highlights Oh. of that whole day takes little clips and it puts the music together it all cuts it up it uses relevant music you can go and edit it as well but it was brilliant it's just such a magic. Great summary it's with the built-in app uh, yeah so i'm loving it i can't awesome. wait to use it even more and you can use it for station you could use it just as a tripod as well yeah. that the smart ones have put the tripod on the bottom the one that i bought yeah, has a tripod on the bottom yeah got, i've got an additional gadget uh, to that so that's my latest toy Awesome. Everyone, I'm known as Mr. Selfie Man as well. So everyone says, oh, Michael, <sighs> I, we were friends. I said, oh, you can wait to see my, my new selfie stick. And, and I said, <laughs> oh, my God, really? You're carrying that thing. <laughs> I'd love it. Okay, so, well, hopefully we'll have you back in August because um, like we did last season, uh, to kick off season two, we did a reunion of all of our guests from season one that could make it. So I think we ended up having like 25 people over the course of two days who were on right. and we okay. we rotated them out, um, in and out in 15 minute increments and 
just kind of caught up with everyone and, you know, see if they have anything to, to share, new to share or any of that kind of good stuff. And it was a really fun and hectic <laughs> way to kick off a new season. And so we will be back in August with season three. So I want to thank Michael Kushkiri of MC Square, oh, all the way from the UK. Thanks for staying up and doing this for us. Late night, your time, midday hours. And to all of those listening on the replay or watching the replay video, thank you so much. And this has been episode 36 of Making a Marketer, and we will catch you next time.